Coming up on today's show, should the Cowboys extend Dak Prescott? Would Des Bryant improve the Saints' already potent offense? And could Bruce Arians take the Browns to the promised land? Plus, we preview everything happening in Week 10 of the NFL season. We get an update on our dear friend NFD and play another edition of Ask Nat with a twist. All that and more on Thursday's edition of the Tomahawk Show. Fans, get us going. Hey guys, this is Mark. I love your show. I like the behind-the-scenes stuff you do when you talk about when you're a player. And I love the fact that Nat is so terrible that she'll never get her fancy coffee maker. Hi guys, it's Hannah, and I just want to say I'm a massive Tomahawk fan. I do fancy Hawk more than I do Toma, but hey, who's keeping score? But listen, forget Cleveland. Please come do a live show here in London. Cheerio! Joe, Hawk, it's Donnie from Brockton again. It's wicked late, I can't sleep here. Anyway, figured I'd call you guys, see what you guys are up to. I, uh, I went out and bought a Tigger onesie to match Joe's uh, EO one. Anyway, give me a call back. Welcome to the Tomahawk Show, presented by LeBron James is uninterrupted. Feel free to interact with our show by following us on social media at Tomahawk Show, and be sure to use the hashtag Tomahawk. I am your humble host, Joe Thomas, and with me as always is Hawk. Wait! Wait, Hawk, you there? Whoa, no Hawk? Where's Hawk right now? Zerm, what, what's going on? Did you kidnap Hawk? Um, yes, he is uh, in my mother's basement. Um, oh, no. And I have him on a feeding schedule, so I have to bring him dinner down there in a little bit. Um, no, Hawk is actually at some at an undisclosed location doing a bougie photo shoot. I'm sure he's wearing, like, cheetah print jackets and uh, the wow. latest air jordan so you know what once he's done which should be shortly he can come regale us with stories of uh, you know what he was doing that was so much more important than joining us on mm. the uh, on the tomahawk show today so mountain dew apparently has uh, kidnapped hawk for their uh, photo <laughs> shoot for his big statue that's coming out that's kind of exciting uh well we'll, we'll forget about hawk for a second but zerm how was the week for you so far um, Joe, the week has been good. Uh, the weather here in Cleveland, Ohio is rapidly changing. We're supposed to get mm. our first snow uh, this weekend, which mm-hmm. I'm not super thrilled about. Uh, I'm sure oh. you remember uh, exactly what that's like. So yeah. it was sunny today and yesterday. I'm trying to soak it up. I may have been shirtless tanning in my front yard in 40 degree weather, mm. just really trying to get those last sunshine rays. But uh, yeah, I'm a uh, winter coat is out. Um, and I am prepared. I'm prepared for the winter that is coming. Now, you guys got any snow in the forecast out there in L.A.? <laughs> no, it's like sunny and 75 right now. It's actually beautiful. It was hot. It was really hot the past few days, too. It was like almost 90s, which is crazy because oh it's November. So <laughs> I don't even know what to think about this, but I love it because I love the hot weather. Yeah, we feel real bad that it's uh, been almost 90 and you guys are yeah. just torturing yourselves out there in L.A. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty chilly here in Wisconsin. So that's to no one's surprise, being that the calendar says November. But anyways, we did a little AMA the other day, which was kind of fun. Um, I know Hawk and I, we, we answered a lot of questions. So uh, should we dive into a little bit of the, the AMA stuff right now? Let's do it. Yeah, let's get into that. Uh, was there a, uh, Joe, did you guys have a, que- I was going through some of the questions and there were some uh, pretty hilarious ones. Did you, uh, did you have a favorite? Yeah, what were the highlights for, for uh, a guy like Zerm? Just a regular, you know, every man from Cleveland. I, I am just a regular every man from Cleveland. Um, 
I, I did laugh at that first question where the guy said, it's no wonder that both Forbes and Time Magazine have called us the most influential piece of media since Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse. So that really, wow. um, that one really... That's up there for me. It did. Um, Joe, I laughed very hard at, I'm going to forget the guy's name, but he said, Joe, uh, why did you retire as soon as the Browns got a bunch of good players? That one made me laugh pretty hard. <laughs> I, I think he's trying to say that... Uh, I was not a good player, and uh, they finally got rid of the dead weight at left tackle, and uh, they have some good players. So I certainly was feeling a little bit uh, remorseful about not being on the team anymore when they started the season as well as they did. And then this last little losing streak they've, they've been on, I don't feel quite as bad about being out there anymore. So uh, thanks for the Browns for uh, going on a little losing stretch so that I'm not <laughs> pulling my hair out here I loved in the Wisconsin or wishing I could still do it. Not even questions, but – the people who want you at their weddings, I think that's hilarious. And the fact that, I mean, I wonder if these people actually think that you would consider going to their wedding or officiating their wedding. Like, would would you ever think about doing that? Like, officiating some yeah. random person's wedding? Well, I think two things. First first of all, there's a price for everything. Just like anything in life, <laughs> you, can, you can never say I would never do that. Because at some point, the price matches your willingness or, uh, or, or desire to do something. And uh, so that's the first part. The second part is if I had a little bit more time on my hands, if I didn't have four rugrats running around <laughs> at home driving me crazy all the time, it would kind of be fun doing that stuff. But I wonder the same thing. Um, do I have some type of reputation as being like a great wedding singer <laughs> or uh, just being like the life of the wedding party? Is that why everybody keeps inviting me and Hawk to their weddings? I, I, I'm not exactly sure about that. I mean, you guys are probably the life of the party. I have unfortunately haven't gotten to party with you yet, but I feel like you would mm. be the life of the party. Well, with as much caffeine as Hawk consumes via his Mountain Dew, I would think that he's probably a lot of fun for about an hour <laughs> till the sugar crash happens, and then he's uh, laying face down on the floor, and you have to carry him to his hotel room. Me, you'd be doing that, but it would be after midnight, and it wouldn't be because <laughs> I drank too much Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine the the crash. Hawk is like in the middle of officiating a wedding, and then all of a sudden he just passes out, and everybody's like, "What happened to What happened to Hawk?" It's like, well, we all know exactly what happen to hawk i imagine hawk's probably got some pretty good moves i saw that footwork tape that he he put out you know a few years ago that kind of made him famous i guess that's that's why we hired him on a tomahawk show because <laughs> he had this like footwork tape where he was going through the ladders at an incredible speed and uh, his little size six shoes were moving so quickly it was just looked like a blur on the, the TV, and uh, so I, I imagine that he could get out there and, and bust a few moves. I can't wait to ask him uh, on the next Tomahawk show, next time we talk to him, what his go-to dance move is as a wedding, because I'm sure he's been to a lot of weddings. What's your go-to like dance move? 25 brothers and sisters. What's your go-to dance move? Boy, that's a good question. Zerm, <laughs> uh, you, know, you too, I, I need to down. know. I used to get down a little bit more. You know, I used to kind of churn the butter. That was a big one. <laughs> oh, with the churn uh, the butter. I, I did the electric slide a little bit like all um, old white guys. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 you know what? I haven't really danced in a long time. The knees and the hips and the back have kind of gone out on me. And uh, there's no more, no more bumping and grinding for me. I, I think those <laughs> days are behind me. But I'm, I'm sure a young whippersnapper like Zerm probably gets down at the weddings. Um, yeah, you know, it takes a little bit of liquid courage first, but then mm -hmm. I get out there and, you know, I do the real, it's real easy, just a little bit, like kind of like just some snaps as you sway back and forth. That's really oh, wow. like, a, little, a little snapping, a little swaying. Mm. Um, I, 
I tweeted this today because last night I went to a concert and I had a, a couple of PBRs, a very classic, delicious Midwestern PBRs. beer. Um, <laughs> and I realized that in all the couple of videos I posted from the concert, you could just hear me belting out the song and I feel very embarrassed about it. Wow. So apparently my sweet spot is just two PBRs and you'll catch me dancing and belting out songs and whatever else you need. But um, So that's my, my secret that I have now revealed to the uh, entire world. <laughs> That's right. It's a pretty good secret. I'd love to enjoy a wedding someday. Yeah. Is there anybody in the Tomahawk crew that's like with a serious significant other or uh, engaged? I feel like there's got to be somebody. This crew that works for us is like vast. There's like 35 people that are on Team Tomahawk here behind the scenes. It's a good question. I don't know. I'm not. So, Zerm, are you? Yeah. Uh, I am not. No. Hmm. Zerm, are you single? What's your dating status? Well, For all those lucky ladies out there. I am. The um, I recently uh, got out of a long relationship. It's Ooh. been a few months, so I'm back out oh. there on the market, just you know, f- oh, wow. flashing my my eyelids. And um, I'm gonna promote wow. this all over social media. We're gonna find you a woman. Um, great. <laughs> um, I, yeah. And if so, if you're into a guy that will belt, um, embarrassingly belt things out at concerts and. Um, uh, talk a lot about the Browns. I am. I am oh. your guy. I'm ready, and I'm here. We're gonna have to keep the uh, the Tinder universe to about 60 miles radius around <laughs> Cleveland. Speaking of Tinder, do you get into Tinder, Zerm? Where, where's what's your go-to dating app? Uh, I did not have the opportunity to um, use any dating apps because when I got into this uh, previous relationship, it was about five years ago. So um, my iPhone just had things like my email and my Twitter on it. Uh, and now I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to check out Tinder. I'm going to check out um, Bumble. I'm just going to see what's going on. And I'm going to tell oh. you what. Uh, Tinder was terrible. Um, <laughs> really? So I, yeah, I I've did heard not bad Tinder, Tinder stories. Tinder is weird. There's some, it's a, yeah, I'm, I was not into it. Um, I, to be honest, I haven't, you, I haven't gone out on a date using any of those apps, but I will say Bumble, I think is the best because Bumble's thing is when you match with somebody, the woman has to initiate the conversation. And I feel like that's a way better way because dudes are just like, what's up? Like they don't really care. Whereas no. like the woman reaches out to you first. I feel like it's a way better indicator of like, oh, we could actually like go on a legitimate date. So hmm. I I think I'm anti-dating apps. I they have been much <laughs> weirder than I expected they would, but I think if you if you're out there and you're looking for love, I would say Bumble might be your best bet as a dude at least. Have you got any matches on Bumble? I mean, yeah, I've got some matches. Oh, <laughs> so some potential. All right. Some, somebody saw this goofy face and was like, "What's really? going on?" These ladies have to be vetted by us first. Yes. Yeah, you got to be vetted. As soon as they as soon as they saw star of the Tomahawk show in my bio, they were like, what? Yeah, she was like, what the hell's the Tomahawk show? <laughs> so uh, clearly that uh, she has no integrity if she doesn't know what the Tomahawk show is. But um, wow, that's pretty fascinating. I'm I'm totally oblivious to all the dating world, because actually, when I met my wife and we started dating, Facebook had just come out. Oh, and wow. at that point, you still had to have a university email, password, and the whole deal to be able to sign up. And uh, there was like, you know, only a few thousand people on uh, Facebook. So the whole like social media experience was post me meeting my wife and dating and getting married. 
Um, so I guess I just got to live through guys like Zerm who are uh, scoring big on Bumble day in and day out. I think what you need to do, Zerm, is put your profile on social media, on the Tomahawk Show, so we can judge, judge, and judge every single one of those pictures and uh, do a little truth serum to your bio and to see, you know, how realistic is what he's trying to put out there? How, how is this vibe in, in a realism world for Zerm? Is it really a good reflection of him? It's an issue because actually all my pictures are just of Andrew Hawkins. So uh, <laughs> with with the shirt off, false advertising. Uh, yes, shirtless Andrew Hawkins. So is people, it? when I do end up on a date, they're going to be like, "I'm sorry, who is this?" And I'm like, "I'm Andrew." Yeah, exactly. Nat, do you get in any of the dating apps? Are you on Bumble? Are you uh, reaching out to young men like Zerm? No, definitely <laughs> not. I've never downloaded a dating app before. And similar to Zerm, I was in a four-year relationship that ended oh. last year. So. I have never done any dating apps and I don't think I will. It's not my thing. I don't, mm. I don't know. I just, I believe that it works. Like I know that it has worked for people, but it's just not my thing. I'd rather meet somebody in person or through friends or something like that. Sounds like you have no trouble meeting people. And Zerm has a lot of trouble <laughs> because he's on every single one of those dating apps. <laughs> I'm on all 20 dating apps. Come find me. What's going on? He's a veteran of the dating app scene. Oh, well, hey, that new uh, intro that we have on Tomahawk Show is pretty interesting. I kind of enjoy hearing from the fans a little bit. Uh, did you guys have any one fan that you thought was pretty interesting or you'd like to hear a little bit more from? Um, yeah, Donnie from Brockton, Mass. He seems like your number one fan. I'd love to hear more from him and what else he <laughs> just loves about you. Yeah, he kind of creeped me out a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be locking my doors tonight, making sure that Donnie doesn't show up. I think he actually sent another video. I think as we were going through the fan videos, I think we have another one from him. So we'll be sure to include that one in every episode. That's what we really need. We need like the the callers that are repeat callers that are always (laughs) calling in, throwing their two cents in. I feel like those guys could really become part of the show. Yeah, totally. So fans, send in your videos. We're going to include them in the beginning of every episode. So send them in, say whatever you want. You can trash talk us. You can tell us how much you love us. Just make sure you send in those videos and I'll include them in the intro. Yeah, make sure they're creative and funny and they make fun of Hawk a lot. (laughs) Then you will definitely make it onto the show. All right, uh, let's get right into the Around the League quick hits uh, because this is one I'd love to talk about here with you guys. So the Dallas Cowboys have dropped to 3-5 and after losing to the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football in embarrassing fashion. And after the game, Jerry Jones says he's definitely going to be extending Dak Prescott, which seems like the wrong time to talk about anybody's contract. But Jerry Jones is that owner that always seems to find the camera. He always wants to put his face out there. And the best time to do that, of course, after an embarrassing loss when they want to ask you about the future of your quarterback and of your head coach. So do we think it's the right move that the Cowboys are definitely going to be extending Dak Prescott? I um I think it is the wrong move. I'm not oh, wow. really sure why Jerry Jones felt I mean maybe somebody asked him about it but even still I don't know why he felt like this was the time that he was like, "Yep, you know what? We're definitely going to extend Dak Prescott cuz now you've created this awkward situation for yourself where no matter how he plays the rest of the season, Dak can just be like, "Well, remember what you said midway through the season? Like I'm your quarterback, I'm your guy and 
It's interesting to me because Dak Prescott, when he was drafted by the Cowboys, he got put in such a great situation when he kind of had Ezekiel Elliott. He had Des Bryant when he was still playing um, sort of at the peak of his career. And he really didn't have to do a ton aside from sort of manage the game and hand the ball off to Zeke. And their offense was humming. And now that he has to do more and now that they sort of have this lack of a receiving core, even with Amari Cooper, you're sort of seeing it's hard to judge how good he is and he's regressed a bit and he's just not playing as well. So it was just really odd timing for Jerry Jones to decide that he was ready to tell Dak like, yeah, we're extending you. Let's go. Let's move on because there's so many rumors swirling about like, is Jason Garrett the right head coach? Is Dak Prescott the right quarterback? And when your owner comes out and I know Jerry Jones is so involved, but when your owner comes out and is just like, yes, definitely we're doing that. It just seems like a really a mess over there at the moment. Yeah, I think this is why you don't see owners typically meeting with the media because it's easy for the media members like ourselves at the Tomahawk Show to put guys like him in a corner. They boxed him in on this one, right? Because once you get that question out there and he responds, it's almost impossible to respond in a manner that doesn't hurt your team one way or the other. Because if he says... I don't know, maybe we'll have to see. Then that's going to be interpreted as they have a lot of question marks at the quarterback's position. We don't know if Jerry Jones likes him. We don't know if he has confidence in the future. But then if if Jerry Jones says what he did say and he says, oh yeah, we're definitely going to extend Dak Prescott, then of course the questions are, well, why would you want to do that? He's sort of a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Now you have put yourself in a difficult negotiating stance. Now you've put uh, Dak Prescott in a weird situation because he's like, yeah, Heck yeah, I'm just going to rest on my laurels. I know they're going to extend me. It doesn't really matter what happens the rest of the season. Although he probably is not going to do that. But if he did, he has a good excuse to do it because he knows the owner is in his corner and that Jerry Jones doesn't want to look stupid and go back on his word and not extend Dak. But this is the problem when you have sort of a middle-of-the-road quarterback in the NFL. And this is what the Redskins had to deal with for the last few years with Kirk Cousins is you don't really know what to do with them, right? You don't think they're good enough to win you a Super Bowl, but they're also good enough to not get you fired. And in the NFL, what the, everybody is trying to fight is getting fired as coaches, as GMs. And so they're always trying to load their team up with enough talent to be able to save their job. They're constantly in a survival mode. And so with a guy like Dak Prescott, he's probably good enough to save his job, but yet not good enough to win that Super Bowl. At the same time, you're going to be stuck at an eight and eight season forever. And so what do you do with this guy? Because if you get rid of him, there's no guarantees you're going to be able to replace him with a quarterback that's as good as him because it is so hard to find a quarterback that's just good enough. And so you end up getting this this franchise tag dance a lot of times. And that's what we saw with Kirk Cousins. They franchised him a few times and then they let him go. Now they got lucky enough to uh, find Alex Smith kind of falling out of the heavens from uh, Kansas City because they had drafted Patrick Mahomes. But in, in in Dallas, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Now, the benefit that Jerry Jones has is he has the GM, so he's not going to fire himself. So you can kind of maybe take more risks than you would if you were just a regular GM and that you were worried that at any moment you could lose your job because you go 4-12 and 12 or 3-13 and 13 or whatever it may be. So um, he, it, he is in a very difficult position here with Dak. Unless Dak starts playing much worse or much better, you're kind of be kind of be stuck paying him big bucks, and then you're going to be stuck with a quarterback that's never good enough to win you a Super Bowl, but also not bad enough that you can actually get rid of him and try to take a risk on the next guy. Oh, Joe, I don't mean to cut you off, but it looks like oh, it looks like Andrew Hawkins is in the building, yes. fresh off of being covered in Mountain Dew during a photo shoot. <laughs> um, 
Hawk, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. It's really nice of you. Not much, man. You know what? I wasn't going to join today because when People Magazine calls you and tells you they want to drape you in Mountain Dew for the Sexiest Man Alive mm. cover shoot, you don't, you don't blow oh. that off. So I told him I'd give him 30 minutes. That's what I gave him. I fought across Los Angeles traffic to be here today. I didn't look at the rundown. I have no idea what we're talking about, but who cares? This is the Tomahawk <laughs> Show, and if my name is in the title, I can talk about what I want to talk about. So where, should I, where are we picking up at? What are you guys even talking about? I like that attitude. Well, let's talk Des Bryant signing with New Orleans because I know you've been a Des Bryant guy, and you're a receiver, yes. so it would only make sense that you talk a little bit about it. You know what? I think Des Bryant has more in the tank than people are giving him credit for. Yes, he's on the other oh. side of 30. Yes, his stats were on a decline in Dallas, but people don't realize like typically what happens in the league is when you start getting closer to 30, teams do start going away from you. Teams they want they have a they want to have a reason to to dump you before you get to that side. 30 is always the magic number. So I'm not saying that's the reason for Dez's decline, but I am saying that if you put him in an offense with Drew Brees, a guy who has made people that you've never even heard of superstars and go for stats that guys like me would dream of, he is going to be a big benefit to him. He is going to have good stats. He is going to be a crucial part of that offense, especially opposite of Michael Thomas, who went off last week, right? So teams are going to start rolling toward him. Teams are going to start double teaming. Now you have Des Bryant, a guy with sure hands. He's still a physical freak. I don't care what anybody says, and he is going to go off, I think. That's my take, fresh out of a L.A. traffic. My take is I've got two concerns with this signing. First of all, he hasn't played football, right? We're we're right in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played football since what last year? Yep. Did he did he finish the season with Dallas? Yep, he That's finished the season. Question. He got he got, uh, he got released in the offseason. All right. So he got released right at the end of the season. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. To me, I've seen a lot of guys show up that act like they've been working out all offseason and uh, they got they got rolls on rolls on rolls. And there's a little bit difference between running at the LA fitness on the treadmill and going out and catching passes from your buddy and going on playing 30 snaps in an NFL football game, right? Mm-hmm. Football shape is just different than being in regular shape. So putting the pads on, getting hit, playing football is different. And so I don't know how many plays he's going to be able to get out there and actually make an impact. And I don't know if he's going to be in good enough shape to be able to run the routes at the speed that is required to get open, even with the great Drew Brees throwing the football. My second concern, and this is a big one, right? The last person to know that you don't have it anymore from an aging superstar is the person in the mirror. Because you've always had this huge confidence forever and ever. The most difficult person to fool a lot of times is yourself. Yeah. I Check that. I, I, I'm not going to argue that, but what I am going to say is he has Drew Brees. Period. There are guys, I'm telling you, that – Went to Drew Brees, went to the Drew Brees of offensive play calling in school and uh, been beneficiaries of that guy being the most accurate guy in the league. He's like passing at like a 73%. And now you might say, but if he's not fast, there's zone schemes. He dices zones up. You just get there and you stand and he will hit you in the chest with the football. As long as you can catch, you will be able to be productive in a Drew Brees offense. Not to mention I drafted Des Bryant. Oh. In my fantasy team, early in the season, thinking he was going to sign maybe week two, <laughs> week three at the max, and here we are. I kept him on the roster, and we're in the ball game, baby. So you have no more chance of seventy three sixteen. Unfortunately, now that Des has been signed, <laughs> but I will say this: 
the, based on the contract demands and sort of what we've been hearing from Dez this whole season and how there, there was a lot of people that were interested, but not at the number he wanted. It makes me concerned that he thinks he is much better than he is at this point in his career. And a lot of times when you have that issue, if he's not getting the ball right away, if he's not getting a lot of snaps, he could become a locker room distraction there in New Orleans, even with Drew Brees as such a great captain and a leader in that locker room. I think there's potential to be a little bit of shit brewing there when you have a Des Bryant on the roster that still thinks he is the Des Bryant of five years ago that is not getting the football. I feel like he swallowed his his humble pie that we as two right. humble co-hosts baked up for him. When he passed on the Baltimore <laughs> deal, which was seven million a year, and he passed on to Cleveland on a one year five million, I don't hate that as much as I did back then because obviously there's a lot of turmoil still going on in Cleveland and honestly he was probably right not to throw himself in the middle of it. Would it have helped the football team, of course, but not mad at him. Now he's in a situation where one of the top three Super Bowl contenders, he's in that offense, with one of the top ten quarterbacks of all time. He said he's been working out for weeks. He's been posting on his social. As we know, that could all just be campaigning, but the Saints didn't just sign him. They brought him in. They worked him out yesterday. They made him go through drills. They made him look at him to see what kind of shape he was in, and that was probably the only obstacle of him getting the contract. Here he is. He may not be great. I don't think it'll be a turmoil because, again, if he was looking for money, if he was looking for the best chance to get as much many stats as possible, he passed up on other better opportunities. I think he's here to try to win a Super Bowl so then he can throw it back in Dallas's face and say, look at me, mm. I'm a champ and you're not. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, hey, the next interesting topic here in the quick hits is the report from Bruce Arians that he would only come out of retirement if he could take the Cleveland Browns head coaching job. First of all, apparently he's never heard of a guy named Aaron Rodgers who might be without a coach after this season based on the reports out of Green Bay that Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat and he might not survive the season. But outside of that, do we believe this is a serious comment from Bruce Arians? Is he really serious about taking the Browns job if he gets offered? And why would he come out and say it when he did? Listen, it's simple as this. There's only one easy button to instant coaching legend right now in all of the NFL, and that is the Cleveland Browns, period. If you go to Green Bay, now you look at Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl-winning head coach, is he not? And yeah, he's yet, told us that. And Don't you remember? He's a highly <laughs> successful coach. <laughs> yeah, and all people talk about is that basically how he's ridden the coattails of Aaron Rodgers, that Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl in spite of Mike McCarthy. So why would Bruce mm-hmm. Arians want to put himself in that situation, that you could win three Super Bowls and all they would say is, how great Aaron Rodgers is. You come to Cleveland and you go to one playoff game, they will build you the biggest Mountain Dew statue your little diabetes-ridden blood will ever put his <laughs> eyes on. And as simple as that, man, he wants to be a legend. Wow. If he wants to come back, that's why he wants to do Cleveland because he wants to challenge himself and see if he could turn around. It's the same reason why John Dorsey toast Cleveland. Everyone was like, why would he take that job? Why would well, look at it. John Dorsey might be one of the most talked about GMs in the last calendar year, number one. He's gotten Baker Mayfield, who is one of the, the, the most talked about rookie in the NFL, and he's putting them back on a track to winning. If John Dorsey and Bruce Arians bring playoff football back to Cleveland and by the wildest stretch of the imagination bring a Super Bowl to Cleveland, dude, you, they might as well shut the NFL down in perpetuity. Like it's done. They mm-hmm. won the NFL. Wow. It's over. Time for a new game. Well, you're, you're dead on when you say that. Hugh Jackson actually mentioned those exact things when he talked about the reasons he wanted to come to Cleveland. Because if you guys remember back three years ago, he was the hottest he name the in hot coaching. Name. 
He could have stayed in Cincinnati and been the uh, heir apparent to Marvin Lewis. He could have gone to the Giants. I think there was some other opportunities for him. So he could have had anything, and he decided that he wanted to go to Cleveland because people realize that the fan base is so strong in Cleveland Mm -hmm. and the ability to become legitimately a Hall of Fame coach with not even maybe winning a Super Bowl. If you come to Cleveland, you turn it around and you make a, a string of three or four playoffs in a row, you are going to get serious consideration for Hall of Fame in, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because of how many coaches have come here to die and the legendary status of this organization combined with the historic amount of losing that has happened since they came mm-hmm. back in 1999. It's simple as that. It's, it's, and, and it's a gamble. Look at Hugh Jackson. Like you said, he was the hottest name in football. And look where we are now. It is a gamble in the situation that it is. So for Bruce Arians, if he wants to, it, it, there's a big price to be great, but Cleveland is definitely the quickest avenue to be a legend. All right, segment two, Tomahawk matchups of the week. What are you guys excited to see? Zerm, you got a game that you're just super pumped to watch here this weekend? Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. It's you not the us. greatest. <laughs> it's not the greatest <laughs> slate of games this week. Like, Bills Jets is gross. Cardinals are gonna get destroyed by the Chiefs. Redskins Bucks. I will say, yeah, this might be like, the worst um, week of matchups. Lions and Bears. You got the Giants Forty Niners on Giants Niners on Monday Night Football. Jaguars. Who doesn't want to listen to that one? Um, I'll uh, guys. I'll take the Cowboys Eagles on Sunday Night Football for a couple reasons. Um, we we touched on. Jerry Jones and what's going on in Dallas and is Jason Garrett going to survive the year? You know, there'll be, this will be game two with Amari Cooper. Um, I'm just, sometimes I'm just intrigued by teams that are in a little bit of chaos. And so I'm intrigued to see what happens with the Cowboys. And if they lose that game to the Eagles on national television, if they look bad doing it, uh, what's going to happen with that. So I'm more interested in the drama of the Cowboys for that game than I really am the matchup itself, but I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. I'm going to go with, you know, the game. No, okay, go ahead. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go Titans-Patriots because Mike Vrabel as a head coach. Dick, that was mine. Is going against the Pats. <laughs> I know you wanted to go first. Yes, because I'm a former Patriot, right. so I get the right yep. of way. And then you can now transition to a team that you – Mike Vrabel used to train me in, before I got to the league. He used to make me run. So what happened was – quick Mike Vrabel story, and I probably told it before, but I don't care. I broke my ankle my second – my first year in Canada, and – I had to go back. I was originally supposed to sign with the Browns after my first year in Canada, and I broke it last game of the season. So I was like at that point where like you're healed, but it still hurts, and it's like mostly obstacles in your mind. So I wasn't running or anything yet. And so Rabel worked out at this gym, him, A.J. Hawk, Lance Moore, and Jody Shelley, who was a Capitals hockey player. Or no, blue. what is the Columbus team? Blue Jackets. Colum- blue Jackets. Columbus Blue Jackets. He was a Blue Jackets player. Anyway, they were working out there. So A.J. Hawk and Brable would work out. And I was, like, on the sideline just watching, right, because I wasn't in the NFL yet. These are superstars to me. And I was, like, trying not to be awestruck, but I was just sitting there. And so after, like, probably 20 sprints – or, no, 10 sprints, they looked up – Brable looks over and like, what are you waiting on? And he knew who I was because he had played with my brother at, uh, in New England. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, this isn't a spectator sport. If you want to play football, you got to work out. And I'm like, yeah. So I kind of like half fast looked at my ankle, like ah, ah, start fumbling on my words. And he was like, you're not injured, you're hurt. And if you can't play hurt, you ain't making it to the league. So grab your shoes. We're missing sprints. And so he made me put my shoes wow, on. I limped. I limped, 10 yard, I limped 10 sprints the whole time. It hurt like hell. 
But the next day, it felt a little better. Did it again. The next day after that, it felt a little better, felt a little better. But it was like one of those situations where I needed someone to like challenge me to like get over that hump in my mind. Or I might have stayed on the sideline a little too long. But that's my Mike Vrabel story. Big Mike Vrabel fan. He's going to be juiced to try to take off the New England Patriots. Belichick, who would throw his baby under a bus for a W, won't care <laughs> that Vrabel's his guy. It's all about yeah. winning. It's all between the lines. So I'm excited about that matchup. Yeah. I am excited about watching that. I always love watching the Patriots because I like to cheer against them. I'm a big Mike Vrabel fan, and I've always been intrigued by the former Patriot going back up against Patriot matchup. I liked watching the Matt Patricia versus Bill Belichick earlier in the season, and I always just kind of feel like, especially because I was part of it once in Cleveland, when Eric Mangini was here, the Patriots came to town, and we just beat the socks off of the Patriots with Colt McCoy as our quarterback. We won by like 21 points or something Mm. like that. Uh, in that game. And I always feel like when you're a former lieutenant, you know the weaknesses of the Patriots. And it seems like they always get their guys to play better. And they have these great masterful game plans when they come back up against the Patriots. So um, I'm I'm interested to see what the spread is on that one. And if Vegas believes just like I do that the Titans are going to be really close and maybe even going to be able to beat the Patriots. But since I can't pick the same game that Hawk is, (laughs) I'm going to say Saints-Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Saints-Bengals. Like To me, the Bengals are always the team that everybody overlooks, even though they've had a really good start again this season because everyone just assumes they're going to make the playoffs and then lose in the first <laughs> round. But I actually think this is going to be a bit a different year for the Bengals. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're actually going to win a playoff game because A.J. Green is going to be healthy the rest of the season. Mm. Mark my words, and he's going to be a big impact, and they're going to win, finally get over that hump and win a game. So this is a big big step for them because if they're going to be able to beat the Saints, which I believe they will do, they are going to be able to build that confidence through the second half of the season and then go in and get their first victory in the playoffs. I wanted the Bengals to sign Des Bryant because I felt like they could use another weapon out there. But anyway, back to you saying that you guys beat the Patriots by 21. That is like the weirdest thing in the world to me. I wish we, we should do a list of the weirdest Joe victories as a Cleveland Brown. You beating the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick by 21 is a weird victory for me. Another Didn't weird... you guys also beat the yes, Saints sir. that same that same year in New Orleans? Back-to-back games. How about that, Hawk? I know you weren't on the team, so Colt McCoy is our quarterback. We ended the season 5-11. and Eric Mangini, I think, got fired. But at one point in the season, we had beat Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints by a significant margin in New Orleans. Then the next week, I'm pretty sure it was the back-to-back weeks, New England comes to town, and we beat New England by like 21. Tom Brady was the quarterback. He wasn't sick that day. Bill Belichick was there. He didn't quit on us for that one game. (laughs) And uh, somehow we just had their number. We ran the ball all over the field. We threw the ball. Tom Brady couldn't do anything. It was one of those magical moments in my career, those, that little two-game stretch, and then we ended up going on and losing like pretty much the rest of the games that season, which was basically the story of my career. Yes. But uh, You also beat – Yeah. 14 was you beat Drew Brees. You have, like, multiple wins over Drew Brees. We beat the Steelers in 2014 by, like, 30, which is another Joe Thomas weird win. Coupled that with the Patriots. We're going to do a list. we got to do a list of the weirdest wins in your career. Yeah, we, we actually had had some big wins. But, I mean, that's the NFL, right? The NFL is so equal from top to bottom. Even, like, the crappy-ass Bills 
all of a sudden are going to sneak up and they're going to win a couple games against really good teams this year just because everybody's really good. There's talent all across the board, and really the difference makers are at quarterback. And if your quarterback slips just a little bit and he has an average game, all of a sudden any team can win. So Who's starting for the Bills this week? Who's starting? Yeah. Your boy. Is he really is he starting again? Well, the other two guys are still hurt. Derek Anderson, all he's right. still in concussion protocol, and uh, the first-round pick chance. is – I think he's still in Toronto at the casinos. <laughs> Johnny Manziel is getting back in the league. Mark, mark, mark my words. After next season, Johnny Manziel is getting back in the NFL. So who would play better? Yeah, who would play better on Sunday? That's a great question. Nathan Peterman or if Johnny Manziel shows up today and then actually comes to practice and meetings the rest of the week and then plays on Sunday for the Bills. Who would have a better game? I got reports from Montreal, which is my old stomping ground, as you guys know, that Jay Football was a model citizen up there. Like, really? Ended the season on a couple of wins, like started mm. to catch his rhythm. He's coming back for a second year next year. He was a model citizen. If I had to pick a quarterback right now between Johnny Manziel and Nathan Peterman, I'm going Johnny Manziel. There you go. There you have it, folks. The number one Nathan Peterman fan in the country. <laughs> That dude is going to punch me in the stomach so hard when we see each other. And it's not even personal, man. I'm going to write, I'm going to write him a letter. All right, what we got next? We got our matchups of the week, the Tomahawk individual matchups. Matchups we're watching like a hawk. I'm going with Baker and Duke versus the Falcons defense. The Falcons defense is terrible. Their linebacker play is bad. And running backs all year have been able to exploit them in the passing game where quarterbacks just sit in swing outs, option routes, and – People have just been getting off. Now that Duke has um, been found, he was missing for like a year. Um, and the, the police. <laughs> it was like Waldo. He's like yeah. NFT. He's NFT. Well, do you think he was on vacation with NFT to like Africa <laughs> and Europe and stuff? That's where NFT went. He went to go find Duke. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. He found Duke and <laughs> sent him back to Cleveland. NFT doing God's mm. work. So now that we found Duke, mm. Duke Thanks, is going to go off this week versus the Falcons. I have him on my fantasy team, too. He got me like 30 points last week after averaging 2.2. So super <laughs> excited about that. He's probably going to go for two tubs against Atlanta. The matchup I'm watching like a hawk is Jared Goff versus a rejuvenated Seahawks defense. The Seahawks defense has been pretty good, kind of quietly sneaking up on the league here in the middle of the season. And I want to see what happens. How does Jared Goff bounce back after the loss? He played well last week in New Orleans, but they didn't get the win, their first loss of the season. So I want to see how he does in Seattle against that Seahawks defense, which is pretty good because this could be, I'm not going to say it's make or break because it ain't make or break, but I want to see, are they going to lose two in a row? And then does the panic button kind of get hit a little bit? Does it change who they are? Does it change their confidence? Or do they go in there and they just take their anger out on the Seahawks after the loss last week in uh, against the Saints in New Orleans. And that could be a fun one to watch either way. What is going to give? Good defense in Seattle or great offense with the Rams? It's funny, Seattle, no one talks about their defense as you know because the Legion of Boom is well, gone. Well, they lost all those big names. They lost all the big names, but they're just a really solid defense. I think the only constant is Bobby Wagner, who is one of the best linebackers in the NFL, doesn't talk a lot, doesn't get pressed, people don't. But he's a guy that would excel literally on all 32 teams, and no one talks about him. You know, he was in the running for defensive player of the year last year, I believe, like at one point in the season, was leading the, leading the league in tackles. But he's been like the anchor of that defense, and they have a bunch of young guys around him. It's time for us to probably start to get to know who they are. Mike, drop. I love it. Mike, drop. <laughs> Joe, you got any hot takes? 
I already told you my hot take was that the Bengals were going to win and then they were going to go to the playoffs and win a playoff game. So you can't wrap up your matchup of the week, indie matchup, and your hot takes all in one all right. segment, Joe. That's not how podcasting okay. works. Efficiency today. <laughs> yeah. Just wants to do a whole <laughs> pod in seven here. sentences. Um, yeah. yeah. Did we talk about the live show? People listening, we don't have a live show this week. What happened was, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shoot it straight. We were offered 300k, and Joe on the back end wanted to split it. Zerm got 1k, I got 3k. <laughs> Nat got a coffee maker, and he took the rest home. And there was a little inner podcast turmoil, so we decided to put it on the back burner for now. We're gonna try to shoot for a December date for a live show, and then we'll probably tour all off season, just throughout every city in Ohio. Um, LA is on the docket, Houston, Atlanta, Des Moines, um, Albuquerque are some of the early favorites for the Tomahawk Live podcast, but not this week. We will be in Cleveland, though, as honorary captains for the Browns v. Falcons. Me and Joe Thomas, if you see us on the street, say what's up. Boo at us. Especially Joe. Boo Joe, cheer me, because I'm humble, okay? <laughs> cheer for my humility and boo Ugh. Joe so I feel better about myself. Um, the yeah. All right. The real story about the live show is that I was trying to get a hundred thousand of that three hundred thousand stipend they were going to give us to go to the ransom for NFD to pay the terrorists that were holding him hostage. <laughs> and apparently, I'm the only one that cares about his life because all these other guys said let him die, and I said, "Well, you guys are savages." And then the the clock ran out and the offer got pulled. So I forgot we're pulled. waiting until December to try to save NFD's life. But Hopefully they don't rip all of his fingernails out by then. But if they do, we never liked his long ass fingernails anyway. We we were able to get a uh, uh, an extension on the NFD uh, hostage situation. So when the, the yeah, I paid they, five thousand in my own money to keep him alive for another month. You give us another month. And we, let's try to figure this out because we're not going to come out uh, of pocket. That's ridiculous. That is not even yeah, an no option way. for NFD. That would never happen. But we are going to save NFD as, NFD's life. And this is the first step. There's a lot of clues in Cleveland. We're going to get there and try to figure it out. Uh, what else we got? DraftKings League. Who won the DraftKings League yes, this sir. week? So our winner this week, uh, Matt P99, 225, 34 points. That seems like one of the highest totals of the entire season. So uh, shout yeah, out to up, Matt P99. Um, we had some issues. Nat and myself in our DraftKings Listener League, uh, mm, our entries were not issues, counted. Man. I don't know what's happening. We're being booted. Jesus, from I'm not even going to give an excuse. <laughs> I'm not even going to give an excuse. I wasn't in there, and I will be in there next week. Yeah, well, that's how much Nat gives a damn about that coffee maker. That $2,000 coffee maker. If she was smart, she would just get the coffee maker and then sell the coffee maker for $2,000. But she doesn't even put in the effort to go win 2,000 in prizes. That's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. Me, on the other hand, I went for the gusto. I went for the 500, the 73-16. I finished 289th in the league, but I'm proud of it because it was 74 You were pretty close, man. And I that's also impressive. figured, here's what happened. Let me talk about this for a second. I started Ryan Tannehill. Did I think he was playing? I did think he was playing. I thought he would give me eight points. He wasn't in the lineup. Osweiler started. But I started Travis Kelsey. He went off. Uh, <laughs> Tariq Cohen went off. After the early slate of games on Sunday, I finished my radio show on ESPN, and I was at like 57 points. I had one player left playing, Cody Hollister, <laughs> who I know wasn't going to be in the game. I just put him in there for a zero. And then I'm like, damn. I tried to change my lineup, and it worked. So as long as the team doesn't play yet, you can change your lineup. So for anybody going for 73-16, if you – stagger the people playing 
you can get a sense of how many points you want and better accurately determine who's going to be closest to that point total. So I took Cody Hollister out, I put Julian Edelman in, and I came within two points of winning the $500 that I am now upping to $700 if you hit 73.16. 700 bucks if you hit 73.16 in the Tomahawk Listener League. It's pretty outrageous how rich Nat is. Yes. That she won't even spend the less than one minute that it takes to fill the out privilege your privilege. Do you want me to tell you what happened? I'm trying to be nice and not give excuses because you guys are going to shut it down. But I tried to enter my lineup on my phone. You're, and I don't know what happened. You're, I swear. Her iPhone 14. Oh, my God. She's acting like she has a flip phone that Mike Thomas pulled <laughs> out. It is the most. <laughs> it's iPhone XXXXX. Like an iPhone 50. So I'm not trying to hear her excuses. The case in her iPhone is worth more than the iPhone 4 <laughs> yeah. that I'm still carrying around. So It charges her Tesla. Yeah. The, her, she doesn't have yeah, an iPhone case that charges her phone. It charges her Tesla. So that's what we feel about <laughs> Nat's excuse. Oh. All right, Nat. Nobody wants to hear your excuses. All right, I think it's time for Ask Nat. Well, today I have a suggestion. Give us a suggestion. So instead of Ask Nat, how about I ask you guys some of the leftover Reddit questions that weren't answered? I like that. Oh, that's a good idea. That's good Let's producing. All right, so first question. Hawk, I need top five Mountain Dew flavors of all time. Mm. Can you do oh. that for me? I can definitely Mountain Dew wow. that for you. All right, we're going Good number point. one. We're going with regular straight Reggie. Reggie Mountain Dew brand. It is the best just regular green citrus down the pipe. Number two, I'm going with Mountain Dew Livewire, orange. I'm an orange soda guy. Grew up on Keenan and Kale. From that show where Kale loved orange soda, Hawk loved orange soda. So that's number two. Number three, I'm going Baja Blast. In college, I had zero money. There was a Taco Bell on the corner of Doran Secor in Toledo, Ohio, Late night, we would go get empanadas. We would go get burrito supremes, and they always had the Baja Blast. That's number three. Number four was Code Red. I actually grew out of Code Red pretty quickly. Wasn't a big fan of the red soda. Felt like it had a weird aftertaste. And then number five, that's good. Just four. I'm not even I'm not even going to cheapen the Mountain Dew brand by the name of it. Where is Surge on that list? No surge, man. Surge is like too much. That's like you <laughs> can OD surge. on surge. I don't think you can OD on surge, but you can get like it's out of this world. I, I wouldn't even. That's X game stuff that I'm not even into. That's, that's a different level of Mountain Dew. All right, so Joe, if all the Browns coaches you played for could be summed up with one cartoon character, which character would it be? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. Oh boy, I don't even know. I, I'm not a big cartoon guy, even though my, my kids watch some of it, but. Uh... You never watch cartoons, Joe. Uh, Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig is like my favorite. It's a little don't like think English of like three-year-old cartoons. Give cartoons that you grew up watching. Well, I grew up watching like the good classics, like yeah. Bugs so Bunny give us one of those. Winnie don't the give Pooh. us Peppa Pig like that. <laughs> well, I don't know. There's not I mean, one uh, British coach you've ever had. Why would Peppa Pig be? <laughs> I don't know because I like Peppa Pig. I, Peppa I get Pig a kick out rude. of their oinks. I have yeah, I have friends that won't let their kids watch Peppa Pig because she's rude. Seriously? She talks about daddy's big tummy. She's always talking back. She's always saying what she won't do. That's just that's sounds like you have some sexist, uh, misogynist hot... friends. <laughs> yeah, maybe. The woman's not allowed to talk back. She's a kid. She's not a woman. Because... She's a child. Oh, the not the, a... the girl pig. The yeah, baby. The, the the star Peppa. <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> you can't make me change it. Okay, Peppa Pig. What's next, next one? What is the weirdest smack talk someone has said to you in a game? Weirdest smack talk. 
or just most memorable? Something that you remember from somebody on the field or post game, pre game, whatever. Someone threatened to kiss me in the mouth. Yeah. Was it James Harrison again? Is this more James Harrison stories? <laughs> James, when I see you, I'm punching you in the throat. Yeah, is it was, ja- it was a joke. Is there. James your Wendy Peppercorn? There were some jokesters out there. That was like my favorite thing to do in a game is like joke around in between plays with the defense who was like super. I would like try to get them to laugh so they would like take their foot off the pedal a little bit and then try to yeah. <laughs> try to score touchdowns on them. Didn't work, but I tried a lot. Classic. Classic offensive strategy. I'd always ask them about their families. Hey, how's the kids? How's the wife? Oh, they were the fa- they were my favorite. I love them. Like, oh man, you work so hard for your family. It's good to see you, buddy. It's good to yeah, see good you. Good to see you. Hey, we voted for you for the Pro Bowl. Let me tell you, man, you're killing it out there this year. Uh, no, the the trash talk I always got was people would complain that I was holding. You always I'm did. Like, hold. I don't even know. What, I don't even. First of all, this is called blocking in the NFL. Second of all, if they don't throw the flag, it doesn't matter. And all you're going to do is irritate me, and you don't want to irritate me because then I'm going to even focus more to block you even more no, You're going to get focused. You won't like me when I'm, gonna, I'm focused. The f- yeah. I'm not going to get angry or, like, <laughs> crazy because that will hurt my ability to block you better. I'm going to get more focused. I'm going to take more surge on What's the What's the maddest line. you've been in a game? Because you, you were definitely not a mad player. You yeah. were very strategic. You were very yeah. surgical with your – your approach. What? When was the time that you were you played mad? I can't ever ever in my life remember playing mad except for one time. That was going against Kiko Alonso when he thought that he beat me and he made a good play like down the field seven yards. Classic linebacker. He's going to make a tackle for a first down like seven <laughs> yards down the field and he's going to get up and celebrate like he beat me. That was the only time in my career. It's like you know when when you're driving in the car down the highway. And uh, some guy does something like, let's say he cuts you off or he does something that's rude or a faux pas. And then he looks at you like you were in the wrong. That's the only time that things like that Uh make me mad is when somebody thinks that (laughs) I was in the wrong, but they were really the one in the wrong. (laughs) We're having Kiko Alonso on the next episode. Can't wait. Um, The maddest I've been in a game, we were playing the Patriots in 2015, 16, one of those years. Anyway. I had like ankle surgery that I just talked about earlier in the show in 2009 and Cyrus Jones, who was their nickel was guarding me. And I had, I think I beat him for a touchdown already in the game and something happened. I was on the ground and I felt like this stomp on like right on my plate and seven screws. And this shit hurt so bad. And I was so mad that this, somebody just deliberately stomped Mm. on my leg. Right. So the very next play, I'm like, okay, I got something for you. We run a, a, like a stretch play to the right side. I'm on the left. I'm blocking. I'm blocking. We're at least 50 yards away from the play. This is legal, but you just stomped on my leg. So now I'm a football player. I'm not just going to take that. So I'm on the backside. He's chilling. Boom. I go take out his legs. Cut block. 50 yards from the ball. You want to stomp on my leg. You want to put careers in jeopardy. Two can play at that game. Right? He gets mad. We start fighting. He starts fighting, throwing punches. So I throw my hands up like, are you looking at this? He's throwing punches, boom. He gets kicked Ooh. out of the game. The next game, he's deactivated by the Patriots. Articles about how he's in the, the Belichick mm. doghouse and all this stuff. Come to find out, I think it was an accident, the whole thing. <laughs> it was actually your Went teammate back and watched that hit you in the back. You just didn't notice. <laughs> Went back and watched the tape. He, I think somebody pushed him, and it was like one of those kind of catch him like, oh, and he just happened to land on my ankle really bad. <laughs> but it hurt so uh, bad, and all I seen was red. That's great. When I ended up with my illustrious Patriots career, I apologized to him. Like, hey, man, 
My bad about that. <laughs> I'm sure he was really ready for your apology. He was like, screw you, man. You, you cost was, me my job. It was awkward for like the first two weeks of like being there because it was like like tension. Like we knew that tension was there and we had to address it. So it took us having to sit down and have a mm. conversation. After that, we were cool. Mm. Well, I think that, uh, that's about it for me. Yep, Joe's got to go. Zerm's got to go. Big superstar. All right, that does it for this edition of Tomahawk. Make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate five stars, all of that jazz. Join the Listener League. Hit us up on on social at Tomahawk Show and with the hashtag Tomahawk. Joe, any final thoughts? Yeah, my final thoughts, since we didn't get to do Ask Nat, I'm going to save it for next week because it's a great question. But to give all of our fans a little bit of a tease, I'm going to say it's voicemail etiquette. And I cannot wait to dive into it. Mmm, a little tomahawk tease. See what I did there? No? All right. Nat, take us out. Joe, hawk yourself.